Welcome to Flashlight Podcast, where we aim to shine a light into all your favorite songs through conversations with artists on how music has helped them through hard times. In this episode, we're joined by Nashville singer-songwriter Annie DeRusso, who recently just released a new single, Call It All Off. We explore the inspiration behind the single, as well as the parallels between her two songs, Infinite Jest and Nine Months. We also talk about the process of leaving an unhealthy relationship, the before, during, and after, and how writing about these relationships can bring feeling of shame or guilt while still in them, but can also help make sense of your experience. Hey, I'm Annie DeRusso. I'm an indie rock artist based in Nashville, and I am so excited to be here today. I've always like loved music. I grew up listening to what my parents listened to, which in the case of my dad is Frank Sinatra, and in the case of my mom is Bruce Springsteen. And growing up in New York, when you first start singing, I think you get pushed towards theater a little bit, um, which makes sense because it's New York. So I started taking voice lessons when I was like 10. I was doing like musical theater stuff. And then I got really into Taylor Swift and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And this is cool. And this is what I want to do. And I watched some bootleg documentary of hers in which she said, if you want to be an artist, you have to write your own songs. I was like 10 and I was like, whoa, I have to write my own songs. So then I, you know, taught myself a few chords on the acoustic guitar and I wrote my first song when I was like 11 and ever since then I had my parents like driving me you know upstate into the Hudson Valley or like down to the city to play all the open mics I could I like made like a little calendar of all the open mics and just played out a bunch when I was in like middle school and then high school I was playing a bit more in the city and I played a few of my first like real shows and then I moved to Nashville for school in high school I was making like kind of folk pop music and when I moved to Nashville for school I brought an electric guitar with me that I had bought a few years earlier but like never played um and I'd started listening to like Big Thief and Margaret Glassby and Lucy Dacus and I was so taken aback by the lyricism and I loved the sound of the guitars too. So I walked into a guitar store and I asked for a distortion pedal that was like under $50 that would sound exactly like Adrian Lenker's guitar on Masterpiece. And they sold me the Crunchy Frog pedal. And since then I started writing like more of the stuff that sounds like me so like don't swerve I feel like is the first song that really sounds like me and I released that my sophomore year of college I feel like you definitely the music that you write it has a kind of like angst and anger a little bit but like justified anger reflecting on a lot of the situations that you've been in so I feel like the rock aspect really is what carries that emotional heaviness a lot of your songs are about relationships or toxic situations when you're 11 you're not really writing about that so I can kind of see how it evolved from the indie folk to like yeah more indie <laughs> rock as your experiences have evolved when you start to write a story for a song how far removed are you usually from the process or the experience that you're writing about before you can actually sit down and write about it that's a really good question um I usually will write little phrases or things about it down, maybe write as it's happening, not like in the moment, but like, you know, that night or something, like in my phone or my notebook. Um, but to actually sit down and write a song about something, 
I guess it depends. There are some times when I need to be like years out from a situation to be able to write about it well, I think, and have some perspective on it. But there are other times when in the moment I've written about something. Like I feel like nine months is a good example because I wrote the first verse of that while I was in the relationship that it's about. And then I didn't touch it for a really long time because I think, especially when you're in a relationship, writing something negative about it comes with these really heavy feelings of like guilt and like betrayal. And so I just had that first verse and I knew I really liked it. And I would not have been able to write that outside the relationship. I think it, it having have that feeling just sitting on me, I was just sitting in my parents' basement and I was really upset about like kind of stuff going on with this person I was dating and how it was making me feel. And so I was just like with my guitar kind of jamming on that for a little bit. And I would not have been able to do that without those present feelings, I think. But then the rest of the song is very retrospective. I don't know if that's a word. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm looking back in the rest of the song. And that's because I wrote the whole rest of the song after we broke up. So that I, I would not have had the perspective to say the things I said in that relationship. And so I wrote the first verse in it. I wrote the chorus maybe a month after breakup, the bridge two months um, and the outro two months. So I think that song is really interesting to me because it's the full journey of that relationship from start to finish. And it's written from all different perspectives of where I was at. You know, the end of it is, don't you ever say we were in love. But the first line of it is the first night we met. So it could really go either way, but I do a lot of songwriting looking back. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with toxic relationships like that, you kind of have to, if you're writing it while you're experiencing it, it does really move in stages. So like you said, you kind of wrote them spaced out a little bit. The idea of like at each stage, you kind of slowly realize more and more about the situation you were in and you can kind of see more and more of it more clearly. So as you're kind of going along the process of writing, so like a song like Nine Months, I feel like is a great example because of the way that you said you broke it down. Do you ever look back on like a earlier verse or the chorus and be like, I don't even resonate with this as much anymore. Or like, I can't believe I wrote this the way I wrote it because I feel so differently now. Yeah, I think another good example of this is Infinite Jest versus Nine Months. So I wrote Infinite Jest really while I was in that relationship, like in the first few months of it, which is very sad because that song is pretty devastating um, in which I'm saying like, he loves the sound of his own voice. So it makes sense he thinks he loves me because I listen and I never fucking speak. And I stayed in that relationship for like six months. And I think that in that song, I say a lot of things about um, how I was feeling at the time in terms of can't say that it's not my fault when I still stay here is something I say in Infinite Jest. And in nine months, which I wrote this part post breakup, at the end of the bridge, it says the words, it's not my fault, repeat until I fall asleep each night. And I think to me, that's huge. So it's like when I'm singing Infinite Jest, I know that the words that I'm singing in that are like, not true to, to an extent but they're true to that experience of kind of being in a relationship that's really negative and maybe you're being manipulated a bit and so you're saying like this is my fault I'm staying here but I was I felt it was impossible to leave 
so then in nine months when I finally get out I have to kind of use this mantra in that song of being like it's not my fault it's not my fault um repeating that you know until I fall asleep each night and to me that speaks so much to like the human experience and I think it's really cool that I get to see my thought process through that entire time in my life like during that really tough relationship and after but even though that lyric isn't really true it still is true to that song and true to that experience so I think it still resonates with me to know how I was feeling and how blind I was to what was happening at the time you know yeah 100 percent. and that's that lyric in nine months resonates with me a lot honestly and that's a lyric that I always kind of gravitate to when I listen to it because like you said in the infinite jest it's like uh how can I say it's not my fault when I can when, when I still stay here I think when you're in a situation like that you tend to make a lot of excuses for the person that you're with because you don't want it to reflect poorly on yourself too and you don't want to like think to yourself why am I subjecting myself to this treatment so you kind of twist it a little bit to be like oh it's you know, like you make little excuses to make it seem a little bit better than it than it is. And then in nine months, I feel like there's that post reflection of like, man, so much of what I went through wasn't okay. The way I was treated wasn't okay. And it's that like, that opposite from nine months of like, repeating to yourself, it wasn't my fault. I, I wasn't thinking clearly because somebody was skewing my perception of things or because somebody was messing with my head. And it's a bit of like that self-information of like, I, I didn't deserve this. And like, it, it wasn't my fault. This is on the way somebody else treated me. So I really do love that parallel. And it, it's a parallel that I hadn't really thought of on my own before listening to the two different songs. So I think it really does speak a lot to the process of like the in and the after and how it is two completely different emotional processes that are still like equally heavy. Yeah, no, they totally are equally heavy. That's a great way to put it. I didn't notice the like the connection between them until I was releasing Infinite Jest and I was like listening through it and I was like that is wild that I said that and then months later when I wrote nine months I was able to be kind of more clear-headed and say it wasn't my fault you know and it was just like really I think cool to see that perspective change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And did you write Infinite Jest like I know it was released a lot after but in, in writing it was was it also that same timeline of like writing infinite just a lot after the fact of writing nine months or was there any kind of overlap no so I wrote all of infinite just before nine months and I wrote it in basically like within two days I was just sitting in my room it was like right when COVID started um and I usually don't write like that usually it takes me like I was kind of explaining nine months like different chunks of time but I feel like Infinite Jest is very like singular feeling moment. Um, and yeah, I wrote that just within two days of just sitting in my house during COVID before. And I didn't do anything with it for a really long time or really even play it that much because of what I explained of like writing something negative about a relationship that you're in, like feeling guilty about that. So that song hush hush yeah I feel like having written that before then you can see a lot of the growth reflecting then looking at nine months afterwards because it is kind of like that same continuum then of like putting blame on yourself versus finally trying to take the blame away from yourself so I really do love that connection and I know your your newest song call it all off is written upon leaving a relationship yeah so I started writing Call It All Off, I would say right after I finished nine months. 
And it's kind of in that, that next phase of being like, okay, so we've been working it for a few months. Like, I guess there's some things I'd like to talk to you about. Like, I still think of things every once in a while where I'm like, oh, it's going to be interesting to get your take on. Um, and also like that feeling of like, I don't even know what you're doing anymore. Like, did you end up going to grad school? Like, I'm not really sure. I used to really know. And then also the feeling of entering back into the world that you kind of left behind when you entered this kind of relationship. And I was pretty isolated from a lot of my friends in the relationship, kind of like what you're saying about playing down how bad things are happening in order to like protect yourself a little bit when you're in that kind of situation. You know, when you tell your friends about something bad that was happening in your relationship and then you continue to stay with that person, you're going to isolate yourself from your friends because, or I did, because I, I had already told them like, oh, this thing is happening. And they're like, okay, great. Like you should break up. And I'm like, you're right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to break up. And then I wouldn't. And then I'd be like, oh, okay, wait, I can't talk to these friends that much anymore because they're just going to be like disappointed in me. And like, they know this information and they know that I'm staying with this person. Um, and so when I finally got out of the relationship and I kind of re-entered society and saw a lot of relationships, friendships that I had kind of neglected in a way um, and trying to re-enter the life that I had before, but it all looked really different. It was like I re-entered the world, but it had all shifted and kept moving while I was kind of hidden away. It almost felt like it was too much to do that also while I was kind of hurting as well to try and rebuild all of the stuff that had been broken during this time and reconnect with all these people that I'd missed a whole chapter of their life it felt like almost too much to do to the point where I didn't want to do anything so like kind of the thesis of that song is like I'm just not going to do anything so I'll call it all off canceling is my thing I never did get any better at committing and then just kind of feeling like okay I'm back to square one and I've got to kind of restart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so relatable to people too. Just kind of like, it can be so overwhelming feeling everything kind of come down all at once where you kind of have to take a step back or else it's just too much, too much to deal with and too much to handle. And I think that's the thing a lot of us do is just kind of like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to push this away for now because it's, it's hard. How do you go about rebuilding those connections when you finally, like you said, re-enter society? Um, I think a lot of it is just honesty and kind of being vulnerable and honest with people and maybe apologizing for where you went wrong. But I think that I learned a lot in the situation of how to be a friend to someone going through this. And my friends were really great to me and I love them all so dearly. When a friend sees someone going through something like this, um, and kind of sees someone change or be manipulated or anything like that. None of them like were, were mad at me. And I think that was my fear, right? A lot of my fear was like, oh, all these people are mad at me. Like I lost touch with them. And so it made me not even want to like try and reach out to apologize because I didn't want to have these hard conversations. Real friends are usually really ready to accept you back and support you through things like this and I think that was kind of a huge learning experience for me it's like friends are going to be there um even if the person you were with told you for months that they don't matter so um 
I was really lucky. I have such great friends and just through having like honest conversations and kind of opening up to them even more about what was really going on during that time was huge. Um, and I think made a lot of those relationships even stronger in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really amazing having friends that are going to support you through that process. And like you said, that is what a true friend does. And obviously there is an aspect of like, it can be hard from the friend's perspective, like kind of watching your friend go through something. And like you said, your friends continuously saying like, oh, break up with this person or, or, or leave or whatnot. And it's so much harder when you're in it to be like, okay, I'm going to actually do it. And you mentioned earlier, it's kind of like, you feel like almost part of why you end up losing touch is because you feel like you can't keep talking about the relationship and whatnot, because it's just like, well, they, they already told me how they feel about yeah. it and to leave it. And you don't want to like burden them. And also like, you don't even want the reaffirmation again of like people continuously telling you to leave because you're trying to convince yourself not to. Yes, so yeah. it gets so easy to like definitely hurt connections a little bit in that sense. But yeah, it's really awesome that you had such good friends to support you through because that's so, so necessary when you're going through these stages of emotions. You got to have friends that are going to have your back because it can Absolutely. really take a toll on you. You mentioned something earlier too, like in the beginning of the song, it's like you still think about them you're like uh because it's like oh there's some things that I'd still like to tell you about not really knowing what's going on that's such like a hard part too about breakups or just losing touch with people the other month I was texting somebody who I like used to date and I remember being like oh did you end up moving to Brooklyn like did you end up doing all these things and they were telling me all this new stuff about their life and I ended up saying like it's weird how little I know about your life right now like I actually just said that I'm yeah and they found it kind of funny that I said that like they were just like oh lol like this or that and to me it's kind of just like it's better because I'm actually doing better and like you also there's things about my life that you don't know and like sometimes I want to share it with you but I'm also just like I'm enjoying it without you and it's a very much a bittersweetness of being better off but also reminiscing you had a connection with someone and it just feels weird to like know somebody so well and then feel like you don't know them at all it's the weirdest thing and I think there's also the fear of like someone having known you so well and then not know you at all like it's just like okay well now someone is walking around with all of the deepest information about me mm. um and that is kind of scary but yeah having that feeling of like what if something like something happened to you that you guys had talked about happening and then it's like oh let me text <laughs> it's like nope <laughs> can't do that so it's definitely like a weird feeling um but I think it, you're right in some ways it is pretty empowering to be like okay this is happening and it's cool that I just know about it yeah no 100% because I feel like there is that aspect of like we talked about this and it's actually happening and like you would be more excited about it if things were the way they were like then maybe other people in my life because we had built it up absolutely and also too, sometimes like if you were in like a bad place when you were in a relationship, it's almost just like, I wish you could see like how great I'm doing. Like I'm doing all these things now, but then it's also like, you don't get to know that too. Like when it was bad, it's just like, you don't get to like celebrate my accomplishments because I'm doing it without you. And I feel like that in itself can also be empowering, even if it feels Absolutely. really weird at first. Absolutely. Yes. Definitely. I'm sure for you too, like when you're putting out all these songs and stuff, it's just kind of like you, I'm, I'm out here doing this and like, you don't get to be a part of it anymore. And I know it's hard too, cause it's like very emotionally heavy, but I would think there is some aspect of just like, 
I'm doing all this and like it feels good to be doing this without you and being able to put this out without you there definitely is that side of it where I'm like this is cool like I'm doing what I was set out to do you know when we we were together um I didn't necessarily set out to write a bunch of songs about this person um but that is what happens I think one of the parts that's a little bit weird about being a songwriter is in, in some ways cool is like you always do get the last word right um because this person can go listen to these songs whenever. And I, you know, don't keep in contact with them. So there is kind of that bittersweetness of being like, okay, I get to keep having the last word, but also it's one-sided. So it's like, I don't, and I don't want to know how they feel about these songs at all, but it is kind of weird to be the only one putting stuff out about it. And I think that's kind of interesting about being a songwriter is, a lot of times you just have to be truthful and you have to be vulnerable and say these things. And it's really not for that person at all. It's for me. And then it's for the people who listen to my music, but it, it, there's always that aspect of feeling like, Oh, I wish that they couldn't even hear this song. This isn't even for them, you know? So it's, it's a definitely a weird little experience to release these songs after the relationship's been over for a little bit. Yeah, you kind of, as a songwriter, you have to live in the past while also moving forward. So it's a really tricky balance. Yeah, especially like then like with live shows, playing songs every night, like on tour to deliver the songs correctly. And I think like naturally when you're playing a song, you're going to go back to that moment and live in it a little bit. And you're doing that kind of like if you're on tour, like every night for a month or something. And it is, it's pretty interesting because you're right. Like you're trying to move on and be in the present, but every single night you have to be in the past for a little bit. As you tour and continue playing these songs and time goes on, does your relationship to the songs end up changing and developing with it though? Absolutely. A lot of times I feel like I write songs with almost little manifestations in them or of how I hope to feel or something like that. And then a year later I'll be playing it and be like, oh, I kind of feel like this now. That's cool. I didn't realize that I was writing something for future me, but I did. Um, like in nine months, don't you ever say we were in love? Like that hit me a lot after um, the song. And there's some stuff in coming soon that hit me after, like a while after I'd written that song. Um, but my relationship to those songs definitely does change every single time I play them. Sometimes they feel really heavy and sometimes they feel really empowering. Um, kind of, I feel like depending on the day I'm having, because um, even Infinite Jest, which is incredibly sad, can usually feel heavy but there's some nights it feels really empowering kind of to what you were saying of being like well I did this I kind of wrote this and I put it out and this is what I set out to do and I think it's powerful that I was able to put this into words so there are some nights where it does feel empowering and sometimes it feels heavy but it is pretty night to night for me yeah that's really cool about little manifestations for future you and anything you're working on right now if you're working on anything at the moment writing anything what is a message that you're trying to get out to future you like from where you're at right now to where you'll be at the end of the year or next year i've been writing a lot so actually right now i'm in la like on a writing trip um which i've never really done before but this year has been really interesting for me because i've been on tour um a lot of the year and i've never toured before and in general home in nashville very little like i think i've probably been there less than i have been anywhere else and a lot of the stuff I've been writing about is just kind of how dis disorienting that has been and how hard it is to not have like 
kind of like those everyday friendships, like people you are seeing every day. I still talk to a lot of my friends every day, but like people you're seeing every day and just hanging out with every day and just being like, oh, we hung out today. Like, what if we did this tomorrow? Like that kind of thing, um, which is very Nashville, like to just be like, hey, like to hang, like it's such a hang town. Um, and I don't really get to do that anymore. And I miss it dearly. And I just miss having that consistency of being in one place and having these relationships and so I've been writing a lot about figuring out how to be okay um, and sustainably tour and like maintain my friendships and kind of where I've gone wrong. And also a little bit about like, like just kind of letting myself even feel okay. I think sometimes I can wallow in stuff and I wanna be not like that. I wanna be a little bit more like okay, it's okay to be, it's okay to feel okay sometimes. And I want to feel okay more of the time. Um, so kind of that is my manifestation of just like being happy with where I'm at. Remember to follow us on Instagram at, at flashlight.podcast to stay up to date with future episodes. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.